0: There is no crossover Thursday this week because there is no South Florida show, but we're still talking about how the Florida Gators can get back on track against the South Florida Bulls only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators. Your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports and giants country of Before getting into today's content, just ask you a like, comment, subscribe. All that beautiful stuff that you beautiful people have been doing. But now we're talking about what the Florida Gators need to do to get back on track. And I think it's very clear what that is. The Florida Gators need to get Anthony Richardson back on track in order order for the Florida Gators to get back on track. And by that, there's a few ways you can do it. Anthony Richardson has not played fantastic this year so far. I said that for the Utah game. I was like, yes. He played good enough to win this game. He made big plays when he needed to, but he still made mistakes. The Kentucky game, he made a lot more. He acknowledges that he makes those mistakes. That's one thing where I think a lot of Florida fans are like, "He's fine. He's doing this. He's got this potential. He's a Heisman. He's a future Heisman guy, maybe." Um, they still make mistakes. Like that's that's the thing where yes, Anthony Richardson acknowledges. You know, he played horrible against Kentucky. That's just a fact. That's what it is. And as much as it sucks to say. That's true, but Billy Napier needs to get him back on track. I think throwing the ball, the best way to do it, Give him more freedom. And by more freedom, I mean we've seen quite a bit of wide receiver screens. We've seen a lot of them, actually, uh, more than we should have been seeing. And that, that's kind of limiting, uh, especially when you don't have the dynamic receivers that can just – you don't have Kadarius Tony or Percy Harvin. It's like, yeah, we'll throw a wide receiver screen. They could crib it against anybody. That's not what Florida really has right now. Maybe against South Florida, you can crib it. But against most teams, you won't be able to. I think that Anthony Richardson needs more freedom to throw the ball deep. I think he needs more freedom to be creative with the ball. And I also would like to see him work more RPO. Um, I think he's very capable of making that right decision when he's working the RPO. And it gives you quick completion quick yards it's it's a solid play it makes the defense kind of stay on their toes because it's like oh is that a handoff oh wait no that's a throw that's not even a is that like you know you could be back there I've got Anthony Richardson I'm Anthony Richardson right here I got a running back to my right and at the mesh point a defender could be going oh this is a read option and then I just pop the ball in right by him and it's like oh no it's not it's not a read option it's a run pass option and so you kind of add a little bit of a wrinkle to the offense which helps open things up as opposed to You know, wide receiver screen, uh, a a bootleg with an overtop and underneath option and nothing else really working for it. I think that he needs more freedom to throw deep. I've been saying this for well, well before the season started. I was saying Anthony Richardson is the type of player where he wants to throw the ball deep. And he's good at throwing the ball deep. Will he overthrow people sometimes? Yeah. Well, he, it's kind of rare that he'll underthrow him, but he'll overthrow them. And you deal with that because odds are in an, un, in an overthrow, if you're taking that deep shot, there's not someone over top. But Anthony Richardson has some of the best pure arm talent that we've seen. It's just a matter of can you do it consistently? That's the real issue. Uh, slants, hitches, need more. And I mean quick hitches, not the... Ten yard, twelve yard hitch that Naquan Wright was running on the pick six, uh, and that again that wasn't miscommunication because when Naquan finished his curl, the defender was w- was there, and that's where the ball was headed. So that wasn't a miscommunication of Anthony Richardson going. I thought it was going to be a four yard curl or anything like that. That's just what the play was. Uh, you need more quicker stuff to get into a rhythm and get into a flow, and deep shots to at least make this de- make the defenses think. Okay, th- they are a threat to complete the ball deep because Florida has not been able to do that yet this year. Running the ball for Anthony Richardson, we need more options, more more read options here. I don't care if it's read, triple, shovel, inverted veer, power. I don't care what it is. You need more option plays for Anthony Richardson as a runner because it worked well against Utah. You cannot deny that. When Utah and Florida were playing, Florida ran the read option quite a bit, and it worked consistently because if you do let anthony Richardson run the ball he's in a gash the 45 yard run was on a scramble but if you do let anthony Richardson run the ball he's gonna give you a bad time if you commit to him that's one defender away from the play and that's what you're looking for here you're looking for these mismatches so i think you gotta let him run the ball against kentucky i know he got banged up i asked about it um and I was told, you know, it's just it's just a little stinger. He's fine. He didn't even feel it towards the end of the game. So, so it had nothing to do with his performance on Saturday. Saturday was just him being bad. Um, it wasn't anything else. It was just, you know, he had a bad night. That happens. Um, so I, I don't know why the option wasn't really brought in versus Kentucky that much. I know they ran it a little later. Um, I believe that third and five handoff to Naquan Wright was an option play. Not a good one. But it was an option play. Uh, and then I think also in terms of running and throwing the ball, we need to see more play-action bootlegs. We've seen the bootlegs that I've talked about where it's like, I mean, he kind of play-action. It's kind of a play-fake, but it's literally just Anthony Richardson takes a snap, turns completely, and just starts rolling out to the right. like it's not. Or it's just a sprint out where he takes a snap and just immediately sprints to the right, doesn't even do the fake. We need to see him pretend to put the ball in the gut of the running back and then pull it back and roll out. That makes the defense think like, oh, wait, they might actually be running the ball. There's a lot of times where Anthony Richardson takes a snap and just does the turn. No one's biting on that. Like like no competent defender with more than two brain cells is going to go, oh, well, there's a run. Like nobody's going to do that if you're not at least reaching the ball out a little bit. More and more play action and then bootleg it out. And also, if you're doing that and, you know, defense bites a little bit, you can quickly dump it off to the running back, You can, which we saw with Montrell Johnson on that fourth and two, I think it was, against Utah. It was a little boot, and then immediately R-flat is what it's called. That's what they did. Also, if you run that, you could have a crosser deep over the middle, and if a safety bites in on the run, and you've got someone that can create that separation, tutty. Simple as that. So that's why it's like the things that – Florida needs to get Anthony Richardson going. That Because we've said this all offseason. This team will be as good or as bad as Anthony Richardson is. I think on in week one, we saw how good they can be. In week two, we saw how bad they can be. So I think that we've got to get somewhere in the middle. If you're somewhere in the middle of those two games, that's still a top 25 team i think i think you're somewhere in between what you showed that's a top 25 team because kentucky didn't play great florida didn't play great florida just played worse and i i also understand that that sounds like a cop out i'm not saying florida beat florida that's part of being a good football team is consistently going in and out and doing it it's not a matter of florida beat florida it's a matter of kentucky just played better than florida that night and so they won that's as simple as that um I think Florida has got to figure something out to get Anthony Richardson going. I think those are the best ways to do it. We're about to talk about some of the biggest concerns on the offensive and defense side of the ball. But first a quick word from bet online because the Florida Gators are currently 24 and a half point favorites against the South Florida Bulls this Saturday. That's a lot. Bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. That's where you can get that 24 and a half point line. I'll tell you, I, I haven't bet it yet. Um, I I haven't bet it yet. I think Florida will win by in the 21 to 28 range. So hmm. (laughs) I I think that they'll win by either three or four touchdowns, which means 24 and a half right there. Uh, So I haven't bet it yet. I'll be honest with you, but bet online has so much, not just football, baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis, hockey, table, tennis, darts, cricket. Um, You can bet on uh, politics, economics, uh, reality shows, award shows, everything. They have everything. I'm telling you, they do. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Knockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we're talking about the biggest concerns. This segment, we're going to talk about the offense. The next segment, we'll talk about the defense. I think offensively, the biggest concern for me is probably the passing attack Um, and I feel like I've been very open about that even throughout the season even throughout the offseason I was saying I think that the passing attack is going to be the biggest concern for a few reasons Uh, one Anthony Richardson's inconsistency we saw it week one it, it flashed week one the inconsistency was there he played a very good football game he did I'll be I'll be honest he played a very good football game wasn't great but it was good enough to win the game so We'll give him that credit. And running the ball was fantastic. Throwing the ball, not great, but, you know, is what it is. But we saw it. We saw week one, the overthrow of the slant, just leading Justin Shorter too much, simple things like that. Week two, we saw a complete, utter collapse from Anthony Richardson. So his inconsistency will decide Florida's success. Passing attack there worries me. Another thing about the passing attack that I have not been quiet about, the wide receiver screens. Just stop it. It's, they don't work they haven't worked. Like yes, you get Xavier Henderson a solid catch and four yards. That means nothing in the grand scheme of things. You, you should be giving the ball to someone who's shiftier, more athletic. Xavier Henderson is a good straight line runner. Straight line runners are not the people that should be getting the ball on screens, because immediately you have to get shifty with it. So give it to Ricky Pearsall, give it to Dejan Reynolds. I don't care who you give it to, just someone more shifty. And put Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson as your two blockers. You don't have to put two tight ends there and just show, like, hey, we're running a wide receiver screen. Don't do that. Wide receiver screens should not be the focal point of your offense unless you're Washington State, and that's what you do. Justin Shorter's cloak of invisibility that he has so far, he's got 10 targets through two games, four catches on those 10 targets. But, I mean, he's someone where... I keep talking about you have to let Anthony Richardson throw the ball deep. He should probably be one of the big targets there. He's going to win a catch. He's going to win the jump ball more often than he won't if that ball is high up. Like he, he's going to win that battle. He's very good at that. And also just in general, just, just send him on a slant and actually hit him in stride. And that's a solid gain. He's a hard dude to take down. So I think the passing attack is just very, very worrisome for me so far. Um, I'm also a bit worried about tight ends. Uh, they have eight targets on the year, four catches. Three of those went to Keon Zipper. One of them went to Dante Zanders, and he also has a drop on that. I'm confused by it a little bit because, you know, just based on everything Billy did at Louisiana, tight ends were heavily involved in the passing game as well, working seams, working flats, going around and doing a lot of stuff. Hasn't been the case so far. Uh, even in the spring game, we saw tight ends be involved in the offense. Uh, I, I forgot who it was but maybe, maybe Noah Keeter it was maybe where he ran that slide route behind the offensive line, and then Anthony Richardson just dumped it off in his quick, easy yardage, stuff like that. We haven't seen that kind of creativity from the Florida Gators yet, yeah, and it's mind-boggling. I, I don't know what it is where maybe Billy thought they could – you know, kind of keep the playbook close to the chest here and, and not show a ton in the first two games. But obviously that wasn't the case with what happened and how that game's worked. But uh you need to open the playbook a little bit and tight ends need to get involved. Keon Zipper should be tight end one. I realize Dante Sanders has been listed as tight end one for the most part. Keon Zipper needs to be the guy that is your number one tight end because, Blocking, neither of them have been very good, if we're being honest. Neither of the tight ends have been good blockers. Keon Zipper has been a better receiver, and he's been the better receiver throughout spring ball and fall ball. Put him as a starter and try to get this passing attack going because, again, run run blocking, neither of them are separating, so put the better receiver out there. The other big concern for me, I think, taking care of the ball, taking care of the football. Against Utah, Montrell Johnson fumbled. Or actually, in the running back room against Utah, Montrell Johnson fumbled. Trevor Etienne fumbled. Trevor Etienne recovered his fumble. Montrell Johnson's fumble halted the drive completely, and that was a moment where I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna get blown out here, Army, against Utah." Because it was just, it was just immediate. The first drive, Florida's cooking. Montrell Johnson fumbles. Big return by Utah. Was sure that we were going to get just annihilated at that point. I was like, "Oh, this is one of those days where everything's going wrong." Um Two fumbles versus Utah. Yes, Trevor Etienne recovered his. I do not care. And I think most coaches will tell you, oh, you've recovered it. It's fine. No, no. Most coaches will tell you, I do not care if you recovered the ball. You fumble the ball. That's the important part. It's not about whether or not you get the recovery because that, that came down to a lucky bounce to Trevor Etienne. So it's not about that. It's about taking care of the football and not giving the other team opportunities. So two fumbles against Utah from their running backs sucked. Anthony Richardson so far this season, two interceptions and a fumble. Not exactly taking care of the football, right? Like your team should not have, we'll say four turnovers and a recovered one. And no, that shouldn't be the case. Um, Florida needs to get better at taking care of the football offensively, especially if you're going to be one of those offenses where, you're running a ton of wide receiver screens. You're running the ball a lot. You're keeping the ball short. You're not being very creative throwing the ball. You're not being super effective throwing the ball. If you're going to be one of those teams that's saying, hey, our defense is going to win us games and our offense is just going to try to get their jobs done, you cannot take. You cannot fumble the football. You cannot turn the ball over because that's doing the exact opposite of your plan. That's Tennessee Titans football. It's take care of the football, play great defense. Georgia football is take care of the football, play great defense. That's what they do, and they do it well, and that's why they win games. Florida Gators, if you were going to say, take care of the football, play good defense, you're playing good defense, but you cannot turn the ball over at the rate that they've turned it over or at the rate that they've almost turned it over. That's unacceptable if you're going to win these football games, and that's why I'm saying Florida Gators, you need to clean it up at least a bit because right now, not great, Bob. It's not great. We're about to take a look at some of the biggest concerns on the defense, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about Florida Gators' biggest concerns on defense. For me, um, I I, I actually won't even start with what's my biggest concern. I'll start with what I think might be one of the more talked about concerns, which is tight ends against Florida. Um, They've eaten up so far. Utah, 11 catches on 17 targets, which is a lot, but 11 catches on 17 targets for 134 yards and a touchdown. Kentucky, Kentucky five catches on seven targets for 74 yards. A total, 16 catches, 24 targets, 208 yards, and a touchdown in two games. That's a lot. Like that—that that is a lot from tight ends, which generally in college football, not, not important focal p- points of the offense. Uh, granted against Utah, they are obviously a very heavy focal point of the offense, but usually tight ends are not the position that will demolish you. For Florida, they have been. And it happened against Kentucky, where Kentucky's tight ends aren't good. They're not. But Kentucky knew tight ends will find success against Florida. I don't know if you want to blame whatever play Patrick Tony is calling at that time. I don't know if you want to blame Amari Burney in coverage, Ventura Miller in coverage, uh, Shamar James in coverage. The linebackers have been the primary people covering tight ends, so that's why I'm naming the linebackers. I don't know who you want to blame. But whoever you do blame, it's a concern and needs to be fixed. I would say, hey, maybe some more zone defense, maybe putting some safeties down there in the box instead of having three linebackers at certain times, have another safety instead, and even instead of Treves Johnson. Put Trey Dean at star, put Kamari Wilson and Rashad Torrance II as the deep safeties, and let let Trey Dean try to be the tight end eraser that he physically can be. He's got all the athleticism he needs. He's got the size. He's got the length. Let him at least try it rather than getting gashed for 208 yards and a touchdown from tight ends in two weeks. That is very bad. Again, tight ends are not a big focal point of college football offenses. They're kind of growing a little bit, but right now they are not. Next thing for me, pass rush inconsistency is a big concern for me. Uh, Javon Dexter and Burton Cox Jr. have been playing very good football. They have, uh, specifically against the run, they've been playing very good football. But as pass rushers, pure pass rushers, they have not been nearly as dominant as myself and most Florida Gator fans expected and anticipated they would be. Um, Part of that could be because we talked about it with Prince Liam and Meween months ago where he's like, hey, the biggest difference, this defense, they tell us to defend the run first. So maybe it's a matter of saying, Oh, well, I gotta look for the run first before I can really just pin my ears back and go. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just a matter of getting started. Florida has done a good job so far of having sim pressures kind of uh kind of supplement the Jervon Dexter and Brenton Cox Jr. not dominating as pass rushers. You know, you've had uh, Ventrell Miller has, I think, three pressures in two games, which doesn't sound like much. I think he's rushed maybe six times this season. So he's been successful every time he's tried to. Justice Boone has been incredibly efficient. Granted, one of them was a free run sack, but he's been very efficient as a pass rusher so far. You've got... Shamar James rushing. You've got corners rushing. I think Avery Helm has a pressure. I think Shamar James has a pressure. I think Trey Dean has a pressure. Trey Dean had the roughing the passer against Kentucky. So you've got a lot of people where you're kind of getting the same number of pressures as you would have last year, but it's coming from a lot more people, and it's because you're scheming them up and not because you're just winning up front, which is a concern for me, if we're being honest. I think that Florida when you have the talent that Florida has in Jevon Dexter and in Brenton Cox Jr., you should be finding more success. Prince Leeum and Mialin should be finding more success. Chris McClellan should be finding more success. And I've been saying that I, I want to see the four-man front, and I don't think we've seen it. I'm, I'm 98% sure we haven't seen this four-man front yet where we have Brenton Cox Jr. on one end. I'm, I'm going to stick my hand up a little bit. Brenton Cox Jr. on one end, Prince Leeum and Mialine on the other end. You've got Jervon Dexter, and you've got, I mean, Chris McLellan maybe as the next pass rusher, Justice Boone as the next pass rusher, or that fourth rusher. You've got someone who can get to the passer, and you just go, okay, we're going to pin our ears back, and we're going to make your life a living hell if you're a quarterback. Uh, I want to see that. We haven't seen it yet. Hopefully we will eventually. Depth on the defensive line is a final concern for me. Uh, it's two weeks in a row now. And I've spoken about this at length and ad nauseum, So I'm not going to go super in depth into it, but two weeks in a row now where the Florida Gators in the second half have been not bullied, but they've been beaten on the ground. Um, Utah, no success in the first half running the ball, ton of success in the second half, Kentucky, I believe had negative two yards. If I'm not mistaken at halftime, maybe it was two yards flat out, but I believe it was negative two yards at halftime. And then they gashed Florida on the ground. The issue is that Florida's either got starters who are exhausted and playing exhausted, or backups who are just getting outplayed. And that happens. Granted, last week, sure, you could say, oh, well, Ventro Miller wasn't there. So that played a part in it. I'm sure it played a part in it, but not big enough. Not, not a big enough part. So I think that depth on the defensive line is a major issue. But the really worrying part about that, you can't really fix that right now you can't that that's not something you can fix because you can't really add someone who's going to be ready and able to uh to contribute right now so you kind of just have to go okay well next year good thing we got a bunch of defensive linemen committed for the Florida Gators because sheesh not looking great right now for the Gators uh up front depth wise next year obviously will look different but you gotta hope that you can clean it up. Because I'm not necessarily saying, oh, the Utah game is really what what killed us there. Because it didn't. You know, Florida ended up winning. Kentucky game, Florida's offense was horrible. It doesn't matter if Kentucky was able to run the ball. But you're looking at Georgia. You're looking at Texas A&M. You're looking at LSU. And you're saying, if Florida in the second half can't stop the run, that's going to be a major concern for the Gators. Because they're not going to win those games at that point. It's going to be, hopefully, tightly contested games. And if you can't stop the run there, then then you're going to have a very, very rough time trying to hold on to those wins or trying to sneak out those wins. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as we're previewing Florida, South Florida for Saturday. I can't wait for it. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole 9 Sports and... GiantHentry of SI.com and I'll see you all tomorrow.